Business Foundations for Mums with me, Kate Butcher, is the podcast to listen to if you are a mum who is ready to launch your business, not sure where to start or wanting to turn that sideline into something more serious. It will be full of practical tips, mindset advice and inspirational and honest interviews with mums who are juggling business and motherhood. Supporting mums in business to turn your dream into a reality. And welcome to today's podcast, Ruth. Now you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce your surname, Ruth. Um, it's Choi. Ruth Choi, fantastic. Yes. So Ruth is here with us to tell us about her fantastic business and how that fits in with family life for her. So Ruth, take it away. Tell us all about you. So I'm Ruth Choi, married to Aaron, who is from Hong Kong. Hence the unusual surname. I have two children: an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm actually now. On my third business, I launched my first business in 2017. So my son was almost two at the time and have grown a second business through kind of maternity leave. And now I'm on business number three. I'm a certified business strategist um, and accredited accountability coach. And yeah, I've had an interesting journey into business. I know I've talked to Kate about this before. So I had a mental breakdown. I left my career and joined a franchise business which was possibly the most costly mistake I've ever made Um, it was very expensive to set up and actually as I went through that process it became very apparent very quickly that the business model and the structure would never yield a profit in spite of being very successful and kind of getting lots of children into my classes I knew that I couldn't actually achieve the financial goals that I wanted to achieve and actually made an agreement with the franchisor that I would terminate my contract early. And then I set up independently in 2020. And we all know what happened in 2020, don't we? Oh, we do. (laughs) So I ended up launching a new business in the midst of a pandemic, which was interesting because my business is all about being in person and going into schools and preschools and running workshops and classes and training for teachers and early years practitioners, which obviously wasn't possible when the whole world shut down. So I had to very quickly make a decision. At this point, my daughter was not yet a year old. So I had to make a decision about whether or not I just stopped or whether I changed direction, got to grips with the online world and social media and all of that kind of stuff. And actually, I decided to go for the latter, worked on building an online social media presence, grew an email list, and basically started an online membership site for teachers and parents to do STEM at home with their children. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and maths. As soon as the pandemic finished, I went back to in-person because actually growing a business online is very, very different to growing a business in person. Filling my after-school clubs and training and so on was quite an easy marketing ask. You know, picking up the phone, handing out leaflets. Actually, it's a very simple business model. Mm -hmm. And I think the online space is so much more crowded and so much more noisy. It's a lot harder to be heard above the noise. And I decided that I was going to retreat away from that realm even though I had grown the membership to about 100 members I 
didn't want to be on social media all the time. I didn't want to be pushing that kind of online thing. I went back in person, set everything up again, was sold out within six weeks, and it was all fabulous. Until I realized that actually my love for teaching and delivering sessions was starting to diminish. I'd at this point had spent probably 13 years in education and was ready for a change and something different. And I very actively looked at the pathway to franchising so that I wouldn't have to be hands-on delivering but could actually oversee the business model from that higher level and kind of supporting and empowering other women to grow their own business. But because I'd had such a negative experience on a personal level, I couldn't get over that barrier. I couldn't get over that hurdle. Franchises are great for the franchisor because it's a scalable business. But actually Mm -hmm. for the franchisee, you're somewhat limited in the scope of what you can do, how far you can grow, the options that you take, the offers and services you you want to uh, pursue. And actually, I made the decision that pursuing that pathway was not the right pathway for me, which has led me to where I am now, which is I got myself a coaching accreditation so that I could empower female founders to grow their own thriving business on their terms, creating consistent cash flow and actually having their own business, their own way so that they can have more time, freedom, financial freedom and enjoy life and experiences with their family. So that's where I am now. Fantastic. So thank you very much for telling us your your story of how you got there. How much would you say that your your family life played into you starting your own business? The primary trigger for me starting a business was the fact that I had a mental breakdown. I knew that I couldn't go back into teaching because it was destructive for me in terms of my self-confidence and self-belief and anxiety and stress levels. But I think the underlying thing behind all of that was the availability to be around for my, at the time, was just my son. So, yes, having a family was really the kind of underlying primary driver. When I was on maternity leave with my son, I had already started looking at franchises as an option for um, creating that flexibility and that freedom. So although it wasn't the big push, there was always that idea within the background of actually could I work for myself Mm. in order to be available for my family so yeah I think it's definitely been at the core in the heart of the journey that I'm on Mm. and how does that work now for you in terms of family life And, and the reason I ask that is I heard somebody the other day talking and I think quite rightly so that quite often as as business owners people who aren't business owners just assume that you can kind of take time off whenever you want or you don't have to do that much work. You just kind of put your business out there and you've got all this flexibility and freedom. But actually being a business owner is really hard and it does take a lot of work and a lot of time. And sometimes we give up our employment to go into our own business to gain that freedom and that flexibility, but actually find that that actually we're having to work all that time with our families as well and and how does that balance for you how have you managed to get the balance so it works now for you or are you still working on that where where does that fit in in terms of your life so I equate balance to being more like a seesaw 
whereby actually at different times your weighted energy goes to different things and sometimes that's your business and sometimes that's your family and sometimes that's other things that that's going on in our lives I don't think you can ever hit the point of balance I think it's it's a misnomer Mm -hmm. that doesn't agree with that 100 I don't think it yeah (laughs) I don't think it exists so what you have to do then is create a working week or a working year that enables you to flex the ebb and flow between your business and between your family and also have the pragmatism behind it to know that you won't necessarily take the same growth trajectory as somebody who is running their business without their family commitments Mm -hmm. and I think acceptance of sometimes you have to take the tortoise route over the hare route is okay so for me in terms of balance I work five days a week but that's term time only I do all the school runs so that is my balance. I'm not working part-time. I'm working part-time hours, I guess, because it's a 9.30 to 2.30. But I'm not saying, oh, I only work three days a week. Mm. And I spend all of my time on the beach, sipping cocktails. Like, that is not my reality. So, yeah, I think you have to strike the balance that works for you and whatever that looks like and not feel guilty about it. You know, your balance might be that actually you work five full days a week and you put your children into after school club during term time and then you take the holidays off like whatever that balance looks like you need to work that out individually and around the stage of life that your children are in mine are eight and four so I'm still very much in that highly dependent stage Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming at some point that that will ease off a little bit and then I can flex and change my working patterns around that I wake up very early in the morning my children are good sleepers I know that they're going to wake up at seven so I wake up at half past five and that gives me that extra time that I don't necessarily have on a working day because of school hours to do extra things or actually I use it predominantly for my own personal development and kind of self-care time exercise yoga journaling and that kind of thing so yeah balance doesn't exist Okay, fantastic. No, I absolutely agree with all of that. Uh, everything you said there <laughs> makes total sense and it's, it's very similar to my view on it. And I, I feel the same. That seesaw analogy, I think, is brilliant, actually, because there are, I, I always tend to try to get some work done every day during the holidays, but that's very, very limited compared to during term time when the, the focus is definitely going to be on work. And I've actually had a couple of conversations online with people this week, you know, what are you doing this week? What do you do? What have you been doing today? And you sort of post and people say, Oh, my gosh, you're so busy, you're doing so much. And you think, well, I've got limited opportunities with a yes, family, exactly. you know, you, you've got to take the opportunities when you can, yeah. to get as much work done and to be as productive as possible. Because there are times when you know, you, you might find one day this week, one of the children might end up being off sick, exactly. or something might happen. So you've got to be on top of everything, I think as a mum and uh, the phrase is you know if you need a job done ask a mum because no one is more productive than a mum exactly it's so very very true and I'm exactly the same with my mornings my children also are very good sleepers in general I'm touching wood there Um, my daughter for some reason woke up at 5 30 she didn't get to sleep till gone midnight last night and then woke up at at about 5 30 this morning Mm -hmm. um, which is really unusual because both of my children have always been really good sleepers but she's now 10 and I believe that this is fairly common as you come into 
adolescence <laughs> that the sleep patterns start to to wane again but yeah I use that time as well the same five o'clock until seven o'clock that's my yeah. time that's yeah. my time to make sure that I've refilled my cup I am replenished every bit of energy I need so I'm all good to go for the day um, yeah. if I don't get that time to myself then yeah you don't want to be around me on the day no, where I don't it's, have my it's funny. time I <laughs> definitely can't. Can't keep my patience with the children. It's a real struggle on those days. So yeah, that time for me is so important. I absolutely agree with that. It's really important. So it sounds like you've got quite a good self-care routine. Are you willing to tell us a little bit about your self-care routine? Yeah. So my I know this was a question that you asked for later, which was around my favorite book. Ah, there we go. I'm gonna pull it in now. (laughs) Go on. Because my favorite book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Fantastic book. I started off running my business without the self-care side and would wake up when the children woke me up and that headspace was you know and that productivity and that kind of thought about spending time looking after myself did not exist in my schedule at all and I would say it was probably 18 months ago to two years ago now I read that book and it absolutely changed my whole existence like I say to people it changed my life and it did because I started off very very simply waking up 10 minutes before the children did so that I could have a cup of tea in peace and that whole routine has evolved over time through the suggestions from James Clear around implementation intentions and habit stacking and temptation bundling read the book you'll you'll understand all of those terms but essentially it's you take a cue in your day and you stack your habits on top of it and you reward yourself with pleasurable activities for doing things that you don't necessarily want to do but you know that you need to and as you build those habits they then become second nature and you no longer have this resistance to doing it because it's become so ingrained in your day-to-day that it just becomes an automation that you just follow a process. So it started off with 10 minute cup of tea. And now it's I wake up, I do yoga, I have my cup of tea, I do my journaling, I might go for a run, or actually, I quite enjoy um, creating. So whether that's watercolor painting or using pastels or whatever that might be, and I will kind of carve in that half an hour every day where I'm either doing exercise or I'm creating and I do that every single day of the week I do it throughout the holidays my mum has always said why on earth would you voluntarily wake up at half past five in the morning and my response was that's the best time of the day Mm. and I'm giving myself the best time of the day absolutely agree not only is it a beautiful time of day particularly in the summer I mean, the sunrise is as spectacular. The everything's peaceful and calm and quiet and lovely. Peaceful and the calm. Yeah, it's just it's a really lovely time of day. But I, I think equally, there's a lot of research that suggests that the first two hours of our day are the times when our brain is at its best. So, I mean, prior to me getting up at five a.m. I used to get up when the children woke me up or at 7am when I needed to get out of bed to get them to school or to nursery or whatever it was we were doing at that time. And 
you know, your first two hours are then spent with getting the children up, getting them dressed, getting their breakfast sorted, cleaning them up after breakfast, getting lunch boxes ready, doing all that stuff you do in the mornings with your kids that morning, getting them to school, to nursery. And you get back and your first two hours of the day have been taken up with that stuff. And that's the time when your brain is at its best. And that's what you've been doing with it. So yeah. for me, it was a no brainer. I'm I'm using that two hours to my advantage at a time when I'm can really use it. So yeah, much like you, I use it for self-development and for things that are for me and similar routine. Yeah. Um, and I've developed my own routine. I've, I've read Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And I've also read the 5am club by Robin Sharma, which I think is probably my favorite book ever. Um, absolutely incredible book. Whether you like 5am or starts or not, it's a brilliant yeah. book. But for me, I've, I've kind of taken those routines and I've adapted them and made my own. And it does yeah. change with the seasons, actually, because yes. I can't go out running and or go out and get a walk in or a run during the winter months before I have to get Absolutely. home and get the children up. But in the summertime, I can actually get out to do that, which is lovely. But at the moment, I'm not doing that because I've, I'm doing some really deep self-development work, which is taking up a bigger chunk of my morning. So at the moment, I'm, I'm not getting that time in um, to, to go out running or walking, but I'm using it in other ways. I'm using it to yes. to nurture my brain for some deep healing work. And it's such an important time. It really is, isn't it? I it think is. yeah. having that time for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's soon... get any time. I think as soon as your children have stable sleeping patterns and you know when they're going to wake up, even if you can only manage a 10-minute cuppa in peace, I would still say do it mm. because it just changes your whole outlook on the day and the way you approach your work and the way you approach your relationship with your children as well because it takes out this kind of immediacy of being needed and having that stress of, you know, I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to eat breakfast because we all know that that's what they're like mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. Who knew it was so hard to get ready and dressed? <laughs> but exactly. If, yeah. I'm sure so we put, were never the same as children. Oh, never. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not at all. <laughs> Oh, well, even if we were, we have no recollection of it. And I'm sure our exactly. children, when they grow up, they won't remember no. absolute horrors they were in the mornings <laughs> to be around. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Ruth. And what no would you say is the best bit of advice that you have been given since you started in business? Get started before you're ready. I think we naturally as humans don't want things to change because change is uncomfortable mm -hmm. and we will put everything in our way to stay in the safe space I can't do it I don't know enough I can't do it I don't have a website yet I can't do it I'm not whatever that reason might be and actually when you get the website there'll still be another excuse and when you know enough, because you've done another course, there will still be another excuse. And you'll never reach that point where you feel truly ready, because there'll always be something else that your brain will conjure up to be a blocker. So I would say, start before you're ready. Have a go. Know that you will fail many times over. But falling flat on your face teaches you to put your hands out next time. So that you know that, yes, you'll fail again, but at least you won't break your nose in the process <laughs> so yeah start before you're ready learn from your mistakes and be open to constantly improving and editing and tweaking and getting better over time 
rather than expecting to be the perfectly polished package before you even start. Absolutely. Perfection yeah. is the enemy of the good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or as I have yeah. up on my wall, done is better than perfect. If done you, is yeah, than if perfect. you always wait, and that, that was a, a Cheryl Sandberg quote, I think, wasn't it? You're quite right on that. If you wait for perfection, if you wait until you you know it all, if you wait until your copy is perfect for your web page, whatever it might be, if you're a perfectionist, perfection will never happen because you're exactly. always trying to make yeah. it better. So yeah, you're quite right. I love that. That's a really yeah. good one. Fantastic. Thank you very much no for that one. Up. Wonderful. Now, your favorite business tool. Do you have a tool that you use within your business that you find is, is really valuable and could help others? So my favorite business tool is Airtable, Ooh. which is basically like a spreadsheet, but on steroids. I use it for uh, kind of project planning and mapping, keeping track of my tasks, tracking leads through my sales funnel storing content for social media it's basically like my one-stop shop for everything related to my business so yeah that would be my single tool of choice I think if suddenly Airtable was deleted overnight I'd panic slightly (laughs) yeah absolutely that sounds amazing I have heard of Airtable and I've heard people talking about it but I've never actually explored it myself so that sounds when when you say a spreadsheet on steroids, I'm thinking, oh, I need to get in there and have a look at yeah. this now because I love a spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It makes me happy. It <laughs> makes good. me very happy. And there's lots of templates and things as well that you can use as a starting point, mm-hmm. but you can tailor it any which way to your the way your mind works and to your business as well. So effectively it's a, a CRM system that does everything for you. It doesn't store email addresses okay so it's not a true crm system in that sense okay like that would be a manual a manual process but you can capture information on a web page so that you can share a link with somebody Mm -hmm. and it will collate the information that they share with you into the system so if you were wanting to do a survey or collecting information about an individual before a discovery call or something like that, then actually you can get them to fill out their details and they can upload photos and web links and whatever else. And then it kind of populates your system with it. But you wouldn't then be able to do kind of email marketing off the back of it. So you still need that side. Fantastic. So it it still manages all of your, your customer interactions, but without the marketing side of it. Yeah. Fantastic. That does sound good. I'm definitely going to have to check that out, actually. Like I said, I've heard heard of it, but um, yeah, I I need to have a proper look because you've made it sound a lot more exciting than I've ever heard it described before. (laughs) Well, I love it. (laughs) Oh, fabulous. No, I'm definitely going to check that one out. That's amazing. Thank you. And you have already given us your recommendations for your favorite book, which was James Clear and His Atomic Habits which I agree, I, I read that one or I, I listened to the audiobook of it when I was on holiday a few years ago um, and, yeah, used to listen to it on my morning runs and it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant book. I, there was some real gems that I took away and actually it's one I'd like to go back to. So thank you for bringing that one to the forefront of my mind because I do want to go back and revisit some of that habit formation techniques yeah. that he talks about, definitely. 
Fantastic. Wonderful. So before we finish, can you tell us a little bit more about what sort of clients would maybe come to you and what you can do for those clients? So I work with female service-based businesses to develop their business strategy. So focusing on creating your standout brand, uh, offers that sell and customer service that delights. And the idea behind that is actually that you're laying the, the whole foundation for your business to grow on rather than just relying on that kind of marketing planning piece, which I think we all jump into as the first thing that we do in our business. But the result is this kind of wobbly tower that we start adding things to and then the, the gears in the system don't work quite as fluidly as we would like them to. So it's everything from ideal client work and messaging right through to sales processes and then looking at how you nurture your clients so that they give you testimonials and raving reviews and keep coming back for more of your services as well. Fantastic. Wonderful. And who would you work with? Is it women in general? Is it, is it someone with an already developed business, early stages? Who would be perfect? So typically I'm working with business owners in that kind of one to five year phase. So they've spent some time working out what they want the business to look like. They've started selling their offers. They're growing an audience, but actually realizing that things aren't clicking into place quite as they would like it to. You know, they've kind of consumed lots of information. They're following lots of different gurus online and they're taking different pieces from different people's jigsaw puzzles and trying to create their own puzzle. But nothing quite fits quite right because the puzzle pieces don't belong together. So it's about actually reshaping those puzzle pieces so that it's your own puzzle and not a piecemeal puzzle from everybody else's different ideas. So definitely it's it's female founders who are already on that journey they kind of know what they want and where their vision is and what they're headed towards but things aren't quite clicking as they would have have liked it to gosh that's all very relatable that's amazing (laughs) yeah um I can I can completely relate to that and actually it's really interesting you use the analogy of the puzzle and fitting other people's puzzle pieces together and and actually it's about creating your your own your own puzzle with with its yeah. own pieces and it's so funny because I've I've actually was talking to somebody else this week and and that was exactly the analogy that, that really? sprung to mind for me you know and I said, said oh the pieces are finally fitting together and it yeah. doesn't feel like I'm trying to fit the pieces of other people's ideas that I've taken on board into my own puzzle now so yeah that's yeah. that's amazing that you've used exactly the same analogy I love <laughs> that funny. that's brilliant fabulous and if somebody was interested in working with you where could they find you? So I am primarily on Instagram and I'm Ruth underscore Choi underscore strategist. That is basically where I hang out. I do have a website in development, but yeah. Fantastic. Well, we will make sure that that link is in the show notes, but can you also spell out your name? Because I I would not have found you um, on that. So could you spell out how how to, for those who are listening now and want to look you up straight away, how would you spell that? Um, so Choi is T-S-U-I. So it's Ruth underscore T-S-U-I underscore strategist. Fantastic. And I love you've been doing loads of live videos on your Instagram recently, haven't you? Which I think is is really great for getting to know you. Um, I, I've really enjoyed those. I'm really glad that you have enjoyed them. I It was really, it was a little bit of an experiment for me was to do a live a day in May. And actually the engagement and the kind of the views were really low on them but I wanted to test it to see what it would do yeah. um 
So I don't think I will continue doing daily lives, but I am looking at incorporating a Friday morning strategy tea break Ooh. live, probably I haven't decided yet, maybe like 9.30 as you get off the school run and you're enjoying your first cup and piece of the day um, to talk about strategy stuff. So yeah. I'm going to have to look out for those ones. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you know when it goes live and um, you, can, you can come and tune in. Fantastic. That's wonderful. It's really interesting you say that um, about how, you know, you, you've not been getting that much engagement with them, but um, the the podcast episode that went out immediately prior to, to this one, um, was all about exactly that and actually sometimes we don't see the engagement but quite often people might be watching or watching snippets or seeing things that that they just don't necessarily engage with or comment on that much and I'm really guilty of it I mean it, you, you see so much on your social media exactly. you kind of scroll through and you stop and you look at something and you carry on scrolling and you yeah. are seeing it and you are absorbing it and you are taking it on board you're just not necessarily interacting with every single post that's on there yes so yeah it's it's interesting to to sort of hear you say the same thing as well that you know you don't necessarily get the interaction but it's not to say that people aren't paying attention <laughs> no and it's, it's quite interesting because a few people have messaged me and said how much they enjoyed it and you don't get that feedback unless they message you so absolutely you, yeah I think metrics on social media are an interesting little they, are. they can be quite <laughs> dangerous side they can be quite dangerous yes that could be a whole long conversation of its yeah. own fantastic so instagram is the place to find you well hopefully yes. anybody who's interested will come on over and check you out and I'll it's be been there. really lovely to chat to you ruth thank, thank you, you very so much, much for having me it's been, been a pleasure thank you so much for your time today thank you for joining us here at business foundations for mums you can find all of our episodes, show notes and blog posts at businessfoundationsformums.co.uk. You can join our free Facebook group called Business Foundations for Mums or our low-cost BFFM membership for additional resources and support. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. 